Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's like when you become a parent, a lot of people feel like they're supposed to have these instincts of what to naturally do in that time. But if they have the understanding of these principles, you could then call that your natural and motherly instincts because it's just an understanding of what you believe to be right and how to handle relationships and parenting. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> I hope it's giddy giddy. There she is. Hi, hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So excited to be here. I, where do you live, Dr. Becky? New York. Oh, and yes. you're and you're like a guru to everybody. It seems like you're like the one. You're like the mecca I mean, of uh, doctors. I, I <laughs> that feels like a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, there's no pressure over here whatsoever. No, I know, <laughs> I know. Thank you, uh, thank you. But but also, um, you know, just just a mom yes. with three kids trying to make it through the day. Truly. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Becky, will you tell everybody what your job is? What is my job? So um what is my job? Um <laughs> I love that. I, That's how I, we feel. I could answer that in so many ways. <laughs> my job is to um make it through the day as in as grounded um as way as possible. That is definitely my first job. No, um, my job is I am a mom to three kids. I am a wife. I am a person working on myself and I am a clinical psychologist specializing in parenting and relationships and resilience and just increasing curiosity over judgment. And that's what uh, I think brings me to this conversation with you. Yes. Oh my God. I've never heard curiosity over judgment. And that might be my favorite line in all of life because you, not right? even in parenting, just in, in life. life. I think they're really powerful to think about as like opposites, you know, like yeah. that we're in one mode or the other. 
Um, and judgment like narrows and leads us to like, yes, no questions and right, wrong and curiosity like widens and just leads to like endless roads. I mean, I, I'm on that path to it, like to try to get there. It's not like easy, but, um, but it's powerful you know to think of them there? that way. Who? Kids are kids. They Every are. Kid is, they're all just curious and we get annoyed at them for being so curious, but they're just curious. That's such a good point. They are. It's probably one of the things that's so triggering to us, right? We have we have so many things to do and things to get done and and they get in our way. <laughs> Those kids. I know, it's so fun. Last night I was having um, dinner and my, uh, my little niece was over and she's two and we bought her a new outfit. And my son, he was like, when, when do kids start being like lying instead of being honest because because <laughs> he's like does she really like that outfit that you just bought her and I said she's still at the place where she'll still tell the truth and she, he's like but that stops and then you become polite and then you and then you lie sometimes right I was like I just love like kids like in, like being so inquisitive and that kind of stuff that you don't really think about anymore um but this interview is going to be coming out at the same time that your book good inside a guide to becoming the parent you want to be tell us a little bit about that book yeah i'm so excited for this book i mean so i mean i launched my instagram account february 28th 2020 like 2 weeks before new york city shut down and i launched it honestly because i realized i just had so much to say and i had this couple week period of just like writing down all my thoughts into a Microsoft Word document. And then one day looked up and I was like, wow, this is like really long. Like this is, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here. And so I decided to put it out on Instagram. And then because I think my Instagram was so content rich and content forward, I did start to get a lot of inquiries from book agents or book publishers. Hey, have you thought about writing a book? And my honest answer for a very long time was like, no, like you you read what I think like it's right there on Instagram and um I just would never like I feel like I would never put out a book that wasn't something original that was just a collection of something somewhere else I was like no I, I have no interest in writing a book but then toward the end of 2020 something really interesting happened and it's taught me so many life lessons where just like in the process of putting out thoughts and the process of then like thinking more and writing new thoughts like where I realized like I have these kind of like 10 principles that everything I think about with kids and families and adults really come from. And I want to actually put that out in a more coherent way because actually people kind of thinking about these ideas and how they come to life, you know, in our day-to-day -day world, um, that's going to actually help people way more than the, wait, what am I supposed to say when my kid has a tantrum, right? Because that's so limited and so concrete. But if we feel like we can kind of rethink the way we look at relationships and our kids and ourselves based on these very actionable, very like, you know, real world principles, to me, that's like the greatest gift, you know, uh, we have is feeling grounded in an idea. You know what that reminds me of? It's like, it's like when you become a parent, you're supposed to, a lot of people feel like they're supposed to have these instincts of what to naturally do in that time. And they're like, I don't, I, I don't actually know. Like I haven't, I don't know any of this, but if they have the understanding of these principles, you could then call that your natural and motherly instincts, because it's just an understanding of what you believe to be right and how to handle relationships and parenting. I mean, that, that would be my greatest hope. I think that's, that's exactly right. And that, that has always really pissed me off about this media message we get. Like, 
oh, we're just supposed to know how to do the hardest and most important job in the world. And I always say it's like every job that we value, we believe people in that job should get ongoing support and resources. And we believe the people who get those resources, like, wow, look at that CEO. They got an executive coach. How amazing are they? Like everyone gives them praise. We're in parenthood. It's like, oh, if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm like a horrible mom. Right. Uh It's like, and so, yeah, I'm all about doing a complete 180 on that. And the thing that makes me happiest and like, honestly, lights me up inside is when parents tell me like, you know, I followed you for a while. I listened to your podcast or maybe now even like, oh, I'm in your membership. And I had this situation that was so random and so specific. Right. And I like kind of knew what was really going on. And then I said something that just felt right from there. That is so much more rewarding than someone saying like, I I said the exact same words you happened to say, which which can be a great starting point. Like I, we just need to open the door somewhere. But yes, it's all about something so much bigger than exactly what do I say? It's how am I framing what's happening? What questions am I even asking myself? And what are my values that I want to put out into the world? And I think the book really makes that process possible. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. 
If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash catandnat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash catandnat. That makes so much sense. So do you, how self, you have to be pretty open then to being self-reflective and like honest with where you're at because I feel like that's parenting in a nutshell because parenting shouldn't be personal, but we make it personal. And so in order to let that go, how far, how evolved do you have to be to get to where we, where, what you're saying? Yeah. I mean this, not that evolved. Like I, I not that evolved, like maybe like 1% evolved. Um, that's my number. Here's why, because I'm a pragmatist at heart. Right. And my favorite people to work with in my many years of having a private practice, right. Are like really skeptical, like kind of defensive people. I, I love working with those people because I feel like we're friends. Like you're skeptical. I feel like skepticism and curiosity are cousins. I really do. Like, and if you're skeptical of something, or you're defensive about a new idea. To me, that just means there's something that feels really uncomfortable or scary or worrisome. There's something you're really invested in. There's something you really care about. That's really important information too. And I think even in the way the book is written, which my publisher, you know, kind of commented on, she's like, it's written in a way where like, you're very aware of the reader experience. So you'll write something and then right after you're like, okay, pause, you're probably thinking this, like, I would be thinking that too. Let's stay with that, right? So there's almost like a conversational tone to the book. Um, And the book is also meant to be read in chunks, right? So there's like 10 chapters that go over these principles. But Let me just say, like, they're not principles that are going to make someone think like, oh, that's interesting. They're going to make you be like, oh, I know exactly what's happening. They're very concrete, right? There's nothing like lofty or intellectual. But then after that, I go through 20 of the kind of most common problems that parents used to come to my practice with. And then just so tantrums, hitting, biting, lying, um, hesitation, shyness, sibling rivalry, like just problem. That's like the name of the chapter. And then break down what I think is really going on in this situation based on the principles and then show you what strategies would bring those core principles to life with a sibling rivalry, let's say kind of situation, and then go a step further and show you exactly how to apply it. So someone might buy the book being like, I want to get that grounding kind of, you know, kind of that grounding foundation. Someone else might be like, I'll get to those chapters later. Like I just need help with lying and I need help with hitting and I need help with my other child who's really shy. And the book is equally good for, you know, for both type of parents. Oh my gosh, it's like really inexpensive therapy in one book. <laughs> <laughs> Trying. <laughs> I have, so we deal with the, like, well, we have teens and tweens right now. And I would say that a large portion of the cracks in parenting, in terms of your relationship with your spouse and in terms of relationship with your child, cracks in tween and teenhood because you can no longer manage it with ice cream and timeouts, you know, like it's no longer like you, wow, I love you. Let's celebrate or whatever. Um, in that process of tween and teenhood, when literally you breathe and they get mad at you and you feel so disrespected, like you feel like I have done so much for you. And I know you're never supposed to think that they owe you something because you're their parent, but 
How do you regulate that moment when you really are so pissed at them for being so rude to you when you just said good morning and how can I help you? And they're just, because that's what I find a lot of people are struggling with is disrespect when you're just trying to be a kind parent. (laughs) Totally. So it's such a great question and I feel like there's so many nuances to it. So I'm going to start with the starting point. Number one, I personally do not recommend parents do timeouts and rewards and punishments for a million reasons. And one of them is the one you're saying, because every kid gets to the age... Am I allowed to curse on the show? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Where they're like, I don't fucking care about your sticker charts and you can't fucking put me in timeout because now I'm bigger than you. So what do you have? Like, what do you got? Like, they all get to that age. And the only thing we have when our kids are older, the only thing we have is how connected they feel to us and how connected they feel to us is based on how respected they have felt over the 16 years of their life, how seen they have felt, whether we were able to see them as a person under their behavior during the years that they couldn't control their behavior because they had all the feelings and none of the skills to manage those feelings, right? It would be like, we got really mad at our kids and punished them for all the years they didn't know how to swim. Like it would make no sense. We'd be like that. Okay. We have to teach them how to swim. Like, you know, and if we did just punish them, you know, and look at them as a collection of behaviors to shape, I don't think any of us are surprised that, you know, finally, even if they were capable of swimming, they'd be like, fuck you. I'm not getting in the pool because I want nothing to do with you. Right. So that's not to say, and let me, I hear my own voice. Like that's not to say that kids who are rude to their parents or their tweens and teens, it's like their parents fault for having done something wrong. It's also just a time of differentiation and kids struggle to differentiate. And the easiest way to show someone you're different from them is to reject them. It's just like the easiest way. Oh my right? God. It's like everybody yeah, in that like, moment is like, because often when, let's just say in our case, if our teens are being really rude, um, our husbands will almost, I, I feel like sometimes he thinks you're not like parenting mm-hmm. her enough for her not to, to know that that's wrong. Yes. So, okay. So let's then get to those moments. So I think all of us can just look back and be like, okay, what, what were the years like with my kid before they were a tween and teen? Because like, it doesn't start from zero. Not everyone's at the same place. So if you are hearing this and you're like, oh my goodness, I've basically parented through sticker charts and timeouts and punishments and threats. And now my kid is 16. Like you're still a good parent. It is not too late. And like, we have to be real. Like those years registered in your kid's body. So I, saying to your kid, if you believe it, you know, there's a lot of ways I parented you over the last 16 years that like, I I bet really felt really bad to you. And it probably often felt like I was controlling you or basically reacting with punishment or reward instead of like trying to figure out what was going on for you. And I'm sure you're going to say to me, mom, you're just annoying. Get out of my room. But I just want to let you know that like, I know that matters. And if I could go back and do things differently, I would. And like, really? A hundred percent, a million percent. And the sticker charts, I'm sorry about that. Well, I mean, look, don't ever say sorry for something you're not sorry about. Uh, And is there something inherently wrong with a sticker chart? No, but sticker charts are behavior shaping. Like, so you want to get a certain, like, I think about if you're, you're talking about your husband, if you're, if you were being rude to your husband and if he gave you a sticker, if his only response is like, I'll give you a sticker every time you speak to me nicely. And if you get 10 stickers, I'll get you a new necklace. You'll be like, okay, like I would like a necklace, but you'd also be like, I just like, 
don't really feel great human to human right now because probably I'm being rude to you for a reason. And we probably need to figure out why you're always on your phone or why you don't help out with the laundry. And more than a necklace, that would probably improve our relationship. You just like honest, it makes it so it makes so much sense like that. It's painful how much like it's like feels like everyone should just know this, but they we don't because there's so much information, you know, we don't because we're not like literally like the things that we're taught. Like if I think about like a cosine, I don't know what a cosine is anymore, but like why I learned about cosines and, you know, whatever I learned about in high school and math and like these things like, you know, it's probably should have been teaching me about like human development and like what people really need and like things that like really matter in life. And we're not taught it. And I always think even if we want to do differently, the only really teachings we have around parenting is how we were parented. And, and most of the people I know aren't like, I want to do things exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're not saying that, but no one's educating them. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everything you're saying. I, I also say to my husband, I'm like, one day our kids will walk out the door and they have a choice whether they come home or not because they'll get their own life and their own family and they won't have to come home at the hall. Like they don't have to come home anymore. So do we want a relationship with them or do you want them to do what you say? Because they're two very different things. And I feel like the transition to letting them become their own people, I don't know why it feels so hard that they're so like, I know they're rejecting us because they have to develop, but how do you keep your, how do you keep Mm -hmm. that perspective when you feel like you want to lose your shit on them? Yeah. Yeah. So let's get back to that. Right. So I think, I think you're exactly right. And like, there is, you know, none of us are like, want to say when our kids are 30, like my 30 year old is just so compliant and so submissive. (laughs) I'm so proud of him. Like I, I, right. And yet those are the traits that just are, they're not even amazing in adulthood. They're simply convenient to adults. They're just convenient because managing someone else's differences and wants and needs is just hard. It's just hard and it's tiring. Right. And so 
like, okay, so you have your 16 year old, they're being really rude. Like, I think the first thing to think about is like, there's two buckets of strategies and they're totally different. And this is true. Toddlers, teens, husbands, all of it. There's things to do in a hard moment. And then there's things to do outside of a hard moment. And I like to think about this as like Mm -hmm. a fire. If you had a fire in your house and we don't have fire extinguishers in my metaphor, because you can't like extinguish a child or extinguish, you know, we're not like looking to extinguish human beings. There's two things. You can contain a fire. You need to do that if there's a fire. And then you need to fireproof your home because if you don't fireproof your home under the same conditions, the same fire is going to happen. But you don't fireproof your home during a fire and you have to you have to know what to do. So let's say you're, you know, you're like, hey, what can I make you for breakfast? And they're like, mom, I hate you. Get out of my room, right? You're like, whoa, okay. like literally <laughs> like it's 6.45 in the morning. Like what just happened? That's a fire containment moment. What do you do in the moment? Well, the only thing you can do successfully is contain a fire without making it worse. Like don't add fuel to a fire that already happened. And we we get messages around this like, well, then you're you're reinforcing the behavior or, yes. you know, it's just I feel like my child just like gave me an invitation to a power struggle. And like mm-hmm. I am I am just going to politely decline that invitation. Like it is my mm-hmm. choice whether I enter into that or not. So what would I say? I'd probably say something like this. Like, whoa, that was intense. I know you have another way of talking to me. Uh, probably can't get into it right now. But let's figure this out when we're both calm. I love you. And I'm going to go out of your room. Like... <laughs> I, I, there's like something like that. Don't something. engage in, you're saying don't, don't pour engage. gasoline. Don't accept the invitation. Yeah, Don't, don't accept the I invitation. And I think, don't, don't picture don't. it, like picture it coming out of your kid's body. It's like some like fireball invitation. And I think the key, like I actually do this and you can see me because we're in video. I move out of the way. Like I'm just like, oh, I, okay. I'm just going to let that, like I'm mm-hmm. not rejecting it because that's even adding energy to it. I'm just like, okay, whoa. Okay. It's just information. What does that tell me? If I go into my kid's room and ask them if they want a bagel and they come back with me with rudeness, like, first of all, it could mean nothing to do with me. Like something shitty they Mm -hmm. read on their phone that morning, Mm -hmm. something that they're nervous about later that I don't know about, or it could have something to do with me, probably not in that moment, right? But like, what would be going on? I'll ask you, what would be going on in your relationship? You guys both have husbands? Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we do. It's a whole nother conversation. Get to that. No, um, no. So what would be going on in your relationship with your husband? If he one morning was like, Hey, what do you want for breakfast? And if you're like, don't even talk to me, what, what would be going on in your relationship with your husband that you would respond like that? Something probably really like he did, did something. I'm like, I can't, we, I, I don't, I don't, that would just be really rude. I would look at him and be like, what? Yeah, it would be some probably very dysfunctional relationship, to be honest with you. Yeah, like to me, I'm just making like if that happened to me one morning, like I could imagine, like, let's say the night before I really wanted to talk to my husband about something and like he was just, you know, I don't know, being a dick about it or like on his phone or not listening or said something like you're making a big deal out of nothing. Like, get over it. Okay. then the next morning, like we wake up and he's like, what do you want for breakfast? Like, it's not like I think, oh, I would give myself permission to say this thing. But if I did, it's probably because of some leftover feelings that really didn't feel good in our relationship. And the the thing about interpreting a kid's reaction to us as disrespect is I'm not saying that disrespect isn't part of the equation, but it's like a really, like it really centers a parent in a kid's experience. It's just interesting. It's like makes their rudeness all about us. Like, Oh, they're rude to me because they disrespect me. Like, well, Um, like 
It's just like all of a sudden their behavior is about me. And I'm not trying to say disrespect has no part, but there's probably other parts. And part of our job as a parent is being like, what is the most useful way to look at the situation? Not the easiest, just the most useful. It's also how you hear it, right? So if it's about you, then you make it about you. So you hear it to you versus you saying like, this is an invitation and this, I think so, so many of the, in my opinion, so many of the stripes come from a me centered ideology. Like they're, Mm -hmm. this is, they didn't get up and say hi to me. How rude they didn't greet me. How rude they rolled their eyes at me. They don't like, they didn't invite me to their room, you know, and you're like, exactly. And then all of our interventions have to, in some ways, then we have to intervene and our kid becomes a pawn in our game because the only thing we're looking to intervene about is proving to ourselves that we're a person worthy of respect. Mm-hmm. So then we're like, say that to me again, right? And then like, our kid isn't even a person in that situation. We're just trying to prove something to ourselves about our own self-worth, right? Like, and so what would I recommend a parent does after they hopefully just contain is walk out and be like, wow, that was really rude. And there could be a million things. And let me just tell myself, I, I do deserve people to respect me. Like, I, I do deserve that. I can know that even if my son doesn't show that to me in the moment. Like, I don't need him, my 16-year-old, oh. to make a shift just yes. to say, like, I'm a person who deserves respect. Like, I, I can just tell myself that, right? Or I am having a hard time. I can't. And I could text my friend and be like, hey, my son was really rude. And I think it, like, evoked this thing in me as if, like, I'm not worthy. And that is why our triggers matter. Because let's say we did grow up in a way where we never felt respected. And then coming up and it's like our struggle. So let me go to some fireproofing strategies. With teenagers, the only thing we have is connection. And the truth is, I think about like, it's a bank account. Like we are big connection capital spenders with our kids. Every time we say, brush your teeth, clean your room, time to go to school. It's like, we're drawing down on that, right? Every time we ask someone to do something that they inherently don't want to do, they're going to do it either because they are terrified of us, which we don't want to wire fear next to love. And most teens also just are no longer terrified of their parents because they're bigger or they listen to us because they feel connected to us and they like those feelings of our relationship. So if we're always drawing down on that, which we need to, we have to like deposit in. And so I think the thing we don't do enough with our teens or our toddlers or anyone, by the way, me too, because I'm busy. So I don't do this enough either is really focus on building connection with our kid. And the best way to do that is like five minutes where nobody, where at least you don't have a phone and you just do something that enters their world. So if they like to play video games, be like, Hey, I know we're always reading about video games. You know what? Can I play with you for 10 minutes? Like, let me learn this thing that matters to you. Right. If they like to throw baseball, like, okay, you know what? Let's do that. I'm going to put my phone away. I know it really distracts me. Like, We can do anything you want to do. It might be going to get ice cream with them. It might be telling yourself for five minutes, I'm going to ask my kid questions about their day without going back to how we started. No judgment, no judgment, no fixing, just more questions. Tell me more about that. Oh, that sounds tricky. Oh, that feels really important. Oh, that sounds hard. Oh, that would be a hard situation for me too. And then what happened? Just building connection. The more we build connection, the fewer of those moments we'll have in the first place. I think also like so much what we have found is like um, letting them see you have fun or joy because that I find lets them connect to you without having to like drill into them. You know what I mean? But parents are often so wound that it's really hard. You don't often kids don't want to put one more thing on you like they want to, you know, they're like, I'll just keep it to myself. So I I feel like the joy and the fun is is a a wall breaker for them because 
they can, it's like a connection. If you're not necessarily can, if you're not connected, I find when you're having fun, it, it breaks down walls for them and they don't have to necessarily like have a one-to-one with you. Completely. I found is like a, a huge source of connection. So yeah, anything that you're doing with your kid, that's laughing or whatever you're, yeah, you're throwing, you're playing tennis, you're playing a game, you're watching something funny together, right? Like those are all ways where we're connecting with our kid and our teens really need it. They won't say to you after, thanks mom, that was nice. Thanks, I really, no. They'll probably roll their eyes or do whatever they need to do to feel like they're independent, you know, people, but like, don't take the bait and know that it mattered. I also, I want to bring this up because I, I know you have five minutes, you have a hard stop. So I just do want to say we, um, for this, for a lot of parents, sometimes they're so, they're so, the relationship is so broken. They can't yeah. actually talk to them. And we've, we're creating a journal basically where the parent can write to the child. Like it's a no judgment, no judgment zone where you can just say, I'm sorry for, or I'm thinking of you, or I love you. Can they can they write if they're not, if the kids aren't willing to listen and like, just leave it for them to read? Um, do you think kids will, will, will take that in or like, does it hundred percent? No, there's so many ways to connect. Even if your presence feels like very evocative, you know, if mm-hmm. your presence is too evocative, then start with what works. And what I would say to a parent is like the, the first step is not fixing. The first step is just naming what's true. And so like a note that says, Hey, I know things are really hard right now. And I know you probably have a very long list of things that have happened between us that don't feel good. And I just want to tell you, I believe you and those things matter. And I know over time, maybe even a long time, I I know we're going to get through it. And then I think teens need to hear like, I'm so glad you're my daughter or I will always want you as my son. Yes. Yes. I am always going to be here for you. This is a rocky season. Oh my God. And I love you. Literally, we created the journal because we felt like sometimes, you know, you can text and people will hear it differently. But I think also having a written thing where they can hold it's possessively theirs and not, you know, just on a phone. And, you know, we put stickers in it too, just like hearts or like emojis so they could just put it in so they can communicate. And I think the bottom line is like you have summed up so much and your Instagram, I know, has blown up. And if people can't access you know, can't afford um, therapy or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just wait lists and it it does cost money. Your book sounds like a, will it be audio too? Yeah. I I recorded it myself. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So you can, you can buy it and throw it on a walk and listen to it with your spouse if you need to, or your partner. So you're both on the, the same page. And if you had anything like, where could people find out, you know, besides the book more about how to just keep the conversation going of like, self-regulating and evolving um, as a parent. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everything that I do lives at goodinside.com. So they're also, in addition to social media, in addition to our book, in addition to our membership that has so many resources, it's just our Thursday email. Like our Thursday email has so... It's free. It goes right to your inbox. Everybody wants, I think, things that keep them off social media for a little bit. And then, look, I think one of the, the things I recommend most to parents is... Parenting is such a journey of like self growth if we allow it to be. And I think we can go into, oh, are you saying it's my fault mode versus like, oh, wait, are you saying I have like an opportunity to not only improve my relationship with my kid, but actually improve my relationship with myself outside of parenting? Like, that's pretty amazing. Like, I, 
people are always like, I don't want to pass my anxiety and criticism onto my kid. I'm like, that's amazing. But also forget your kid. Don't you just want to live with less anxiety and criticism? Like, don't you just deserve that as an adult, like to go about the world? And like, when we realize that, like, oh yeah, maybe that would just be good for me. I think we're more open to things like self-help books or therapy because we don't see it as a sign of something wrong with us. We see it as a sign of how much more we can enjoy living our life. I told and understanding ourselves when things don't make sense. Like you, yes. everything you're saying makes you're so right. And it, there's so many resources for free that you can do that now, like your Thursday newsletter, like, you know, your book and God, just thank you so much for taking time out of, out of your busy, insane schedule mm. to spend it with us and our moms who all listen to this. I think so much of what you said is so helpful. Well, thank you. The two of you are amazing. And I love all the really important work you're doing. So thank you for taking time out of your day as well. And can't wait to connect again. <gasps> Maybe you. we'll find you in New York. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> all right. Bye. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 